I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, Apple at last is ready to enter the world of streaming television, which begs the question, how many streaming services do we need? Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I'll review a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon, one of two Shia LaBeouf movies out this fall that could see some awards. The Peanut Butter Falcon? The Peanut Butter Falcon. Remember the peanut butter solution? I do not. Okay, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) And the 1997 Nicolas Cage, John Travolta classic action film Face Off is getting a facelift with a reboot. Let's start, though, on TV. Got a gig as a counselor at a summer camp. They're opening up a couple of hours from here. Gosh, should all come. Desperate for some estrogen in this crew. Sounds fun, but. My cousin told me that the dude they're looking for slashed their throat. Jeez, can we shut up for a second? The cops are gonna find him, right? It's gonna be a non-stop party, okay? Look out! Ah! The fall TV season kicks into full gear in just under two weeks, but there's at least one show making its return this upcoming week, American Horror Story 1984, the latest incarnation of the FX anthology series set in the 1980s. There are no specific plot details, save for that it's in the 80s and it looks to play on slasher genre tropes, summer camps, young, vapid people, even an I-know-what-you-did-last-summer situation. As you heard, they appeared to hit something with their van. You say you found him in the middle of the road? Not exactly. He was by the side of the road? Give our nurse some space. Come on, I'll show you all around camp. And this is Chef Birdie, a Camp Redwood veteran. Nothing but good memories about this place. That's awful. What in the name of God is going on? One of the patients broke out. Who? Mr. Jingles. The show often features returning cast members, but this one will be the first without Sarah Paulson or Evan Peters, although Paulson says she might make a cameo. They've both done spectacular work on this show, which has run all sorts of horror gauntlets they've done. Witches, they did a murder house, they were in an asylum, they did a freak show, there was a cult. Last year was about the apocalypse, the Antichrist. Emma Roberts is back, Billy Lord is back, and new to the cast this year is Matthew Morrison, the teacher from Glee. American Horror Story 1984 debuts on FX on Wednesday, September 18th. What happened to Mr. Jingles? This is the site of the worst summer massacre of all time. I, mean, uh, I totally understand the tradition. Our friend Brooke here had it for real. We're not in the mood for some ghost story. We're going to die. Cheery way to end that. Jeff, uh, a show that's gone this, the ninth season now of an anthology. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm, and I've got kind of a love-hate relationship with this show because some of the seasons I really love and some of them I really hate. Yeah. And the, the, the season that most people seem to enjoy the most is one that I kind of didn't like. It was the second season. The circus thing? uh, That, well, pardon me. I really didn't like that one. But uh, season two was Asylum. Asylum, And it felt like 
It felt like the the kitchen sink syndrome. Like the first season was, it still had a lot going on. It's come to be known as Murder House. It was this haunted house, but everything happened within that house. But in this asylum, it has everything from serial killers to aliens. Really, and it just was too much. It was all over the map, yeah. and I kind of was waiting for it to tie together in some sort of cohesive fashion, and it didn't really. But uh, maybe if I were to watch it again. But yeah, it's had some great seasons. I really liked Roanoke, which was about... Um, what was Roanoke about now? How would you describe it? in Virginia? Yeah, it was about... It was like the, <laughs> I remember you talking about it a lot. Yeah, the, it was, the, the town was cursed uh-huh. by this, this group that would come out when there's a blood moon and they would kill everyone. And they, they did this reality show and because they figured it was all just hocus pocus. It was fake, but it turned out to be real. And it was super good. Cool. Kathy Smith has done great work in this show. Uh, Angela Bassett has done some great work in this show. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this one again because... This, yeah, the sound of the 80s stuff, that that appeals to me. I, I wish I wasn't such a scaredy cat. I don't think... I don't, mm, I don't know. I, I've had some luck watching horror type stuff, and it is on FX, so... It can't be that gruesome, can well, it? It's pretty gruesome. Yeah, apparently this is the goriest okay. season of the month. I'm out. I still haven't watched Stranger Things because you said it was gory. Oh, well, it's... <laughs> I'm going to get to it eventually. Yeah, but. it's gory in the sense that the monster is gross. But he's just not there all the time, so yeah. it's not like it's constant. Yeah, and it's not like there's there's super violent, gross things happening on screen. He just looks gross. Yeah, like or re- it. really... Yucky. Exciting news, meanwhile, about an ambitious new show from HBO. They have set a November premiere date for His Dark Materials. His Dark Materials? What's that? Well, remember the 2007 movie with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, The Golden Compass? There is a world where witches rule the northern skies. Ice bears are the bravest of warriors, and where every human is joined with an animal spirit who is as close to them as their own heart. Are we going to see the child? I should think so. But this world is dominated by the Magisterium, which seeks to control all humanity, and whose greatest threat is a golden compass and the one child destined to possess it. So that movie was based on the first book of Philip Pullman's award-winning trilogy of books. There was supposed to be a trilogy of films, but the movie was not well-received. Didn't do well in North America at the box office, only $70 million, although it made a worldwide total of $372 million, and it actually won the Oscar that year for Best Visual Effects. So now we have a TV series starring James McAvoy. Gentlemen, there is a war raging right now with the Magisterium. Between those trying to keep us in ignorance and those willing to fight for truth and freedom. Who will stand with me? This kind of heresy is of the highest priority to the Magisterium. I need to know where he's going and what he intends to achieve. So as you heard, this is a world where every person has a spirit animal i.e. they walk around with an animal of some sort, and it's bound to the person, so if you hurt the animal, you hurt the person. The first season follows Lyra, played by Daphne Keene. She was in that Logan movie, the Wolverine movie. Right. Uh, she was the crazy little kid. The little... Oh! Yeah. All grown up. No, she's still oh, a little kid. Okay. Uh, actually, I don't know how old she is. I think she's a teenager. Right. She's looking for a kidnapped friend and uncovers a sinister plot. The master's asked if I can find a place for you. And I want you as my assistant. You're an explorer too? Just like my uncle. I can teach you to wield power, but you must let me mind you. 
believe there is an organization that is stealing children and taking them north. Sometimes children can just disappear. And that's what leads to the Golden Compass. I promised to do everything I could to protect you from harm. This, it's an alithiometer. It is illegal unless approved by the magisterium. Does it, it tells you the truth. The cast also includes Clark Peters from The Wire. Oh, you like that? I like that. He's very good on The Wire. Lester Pierce, Pearson? Not Pearson. It's just Lester. And wasn't he in the first John Wick? Uh, first John Wick or second? Yeah, yeah. He's in the hotel there. Yeah, that's right. There's, a, there's a couple of Wire guys in that John Wick series. Yeah. Ruth Wilson from The Affair is in it. She plays the, the bad guy in this show. And Lin-Manuel Miranda. From I'm intrigued. From Hamilton, from Mary Poppins Returns, from pretty much everything these days. He's in Cats coming up. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. I'm intrigued and will for sure tune in when His Dark Materials debuts on Monday, November 4th. The Magisterium have a muscle. I would ask where I could obtain the services of an armored bear. Yorick Bernison. I'm ready to fight. These people need our help, Yorick. Let's go give it. Clark Peters was Lester Freeman on The Wire. Lester Pearson, of course, was, is an airport and was also a prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we're going to tell you what's coming to home video, and we're going to talk about Apple getting ready to get into the streaming game. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And we're going to take a peek now at what's new on home video. I have a plan. First, for this class trip, I want to do something that's not on the itinerary. Second, I'm going to tell MJ how I feel. I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. Uh, three. I kind of want to do something fun. Don't do any of that. Why? Because we're going to be bachelors in Europe. And Europeans love Americans. Really? Spider-Man Far From Home starts July 2nd in IMAX. You didn't sound all that confident about... I couldn't remember what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. That was a good one. It was. Four and a half out of five. I looked it up in my old review. I'd really dug this one. And hopefully they're making a third one. That's still all up in the air, isn't it? Yeah. Keeps You keep hearing conflicting reports. And it'll happen, though. It's got to. Yeah. So that's coming to Digital HD along with Annabelle Comes Home, which Two I movies. don't think I actually ended up going to see. Two movies with home in the title. Look at that. Weird. Maybe they planned it that way. Yeah, it could be. Also uh, out on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand, X-Men Dark Phoenix, another movie that I didn't bother going to see because Nobody it got terrible did. reviews. Yeah, yeah. That's... it's time to put that X-Men series to bed and uh, start over fresh now in the, the, the yeah, MCU. Exactly. Agreed. Hopefully that is part of the plan. All right. So that's what's coming to home video. And now we want to talk about this Apple situation because they are finally taking on Netflix with their own streaming television service. And they're offering at a bargain price, five bucks a month, U.S. at least, beginning on November 1st, while Disney Co. launching its own assault on Netflix the same month for just $7. And might be coincidence that the cost of paying for both Apple and Disney subscriptions will still be a dollar less than Netflix's main plan priced of 
$13 a month, but the intent to disrupt Netflix's huge lead in the streaming business couldn't be clearer. So Apple delivered this news on Tuesday while also unveiling three new iPhones and the aggressive pricing unusual for Apple. They usually charge a premium for their products and services just because of their brand. It's Apple. And uh, when you think of all the streaming services out there, so there's Netflix, you've now got Apple, Disney, there's Amazon, Hulu, and there are other assorted streaming services out there. Like, have you ever heard of, I think it's called BritBox? Nope. Okay, I'm just going to look that up right now, but I, I, believe it's, I think it's called BritBox, and it's, it's a streaming service of all... Brit- yep, there it is, BritBox. British TV On Demand, <laughs> powered by BBC. Wow. And it looks like ITV. ITV yeah. yeah, so that, uh, I'm I know sure, people that would go for that, for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. But there are so many streaming services, and then on top of that, for guys like us, we still have regular cable. And cable, I mean, it's obviously not as big as it was, but at this point, you sort of need, most people are like, they'll do the cable just for the sports. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So there, you still get stuff like that. Someday, though, I mean, Netflix or one of these guys will strike a deal with the NFL, and that'll change things all over again. So yeah. we'll see. For now, though, and Netflix has got to be sweating it because they're losing, uh, what are they losing? Friends in the office, right? Yeah. Because uh, those are going to other streaming things. And a lot of all the movies that'll be going, they'll be losing to Disney and that sort of thing. And as these other places where they've been getting shows and movies from create their own streaming and take them back, Netflix will just, that's why they're pumping all this into their own their own Netflix stuff. Yeah. And the shows have been pretty good. The movies have not been good. Their movies are terrible. No. Yeah, exactly. And and even if they do put out a good movie, you you'll still be able to, to like The Irishman, that Scorsese movie's coming out. That'll also maybe be in a couple theaters, but it'll probably also be on Blu-ray and you won't there will be ways to see it other than just Netflix if you really want. And when they have a really good movie, I, I've got to imagine. And actually, I shouldn't say Netflix movies are terrible. Like, I haven't been blown away by yeah. a Netflix movie yet. I didn't watch that, was it called Roma? Yeah. Never did watch that one. That was a Best Picture nominee. And there, that one, they sort of just, but they just bought a foreign movie because they knew it was going to be a Best Picture nominee. Okay. Yeah, like there was that Always Be My Maybe movie that had that sort of cameo scene from Keanu Reeves, which was, that movie was a pleasant little surprise. It wasn't... Great, but it was pretty good. Bird Box, I thought, was way overhyped. And their TV shows, too, like, they have built such a huge library of original shows and films since they started focusing on doing their own thing six years ago. Yeah. And they spend, like, $10 billion annually on their lineup. But I, I maintain that Netflix, while it has some good shows... The bulk of the best shows on TV are still on cable. Like HBO, still pumping out yeah, some absolutely. super ambitious shows. FX, which we were talking about earlier. Yeah. They've always got good shows, and so does AMC. AMC's got good shows. You've got Vikings over on the History Channel. Yeah, all the all these networks are making their own shows, and Netflix is just making so many shows. Like, you, you can't even keep track of all the new shows that Netflix releases week to week. No, you could never watch all of it or even close to all of it on Netflix alone. And I, I still, I mostly like Netflix for reruns and for old movies that I liked. Like I've been going through the Butlerverse and I've been watching those on Netflix, the right? Butlerverse. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, too, another thing that that's happened with Netflix over the years, it's kind of become like the Apple of television where 
people have latched onto it because it's been great with its marketing and it's sort of gotten into a younger crowd. So people just assume if it's on Netflix, it must be good. Yeah. Like, because they, they cut their cable and they just stick with Netflix. So that's all they're exposed to. So I, if you're thinking of cutting your cable and you actually enjoy watching good television, don't get <laughs> rid of your cable because Netflix has some good stuff, but you'd be losing out on a lot of other good stuff. But now I'm conflicted because Apple is launching, you know, that show, The Morning Show? I've heard of it. Well, here's a clip from that. Eight seconds to you. her. Good morning. I'm bringing you some sad and upsetting news. And while I don't know the details of the allegations... She's throwing me under the bus. Mitch Kessler, my co-host and partner of 15 years, was fired today. Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, uh, another guy I can't think of his name. He played the Dr. Manhattan or whatever in Watchmen. Billy Crudup, I think, is yep. his name. yep. Great cast, and uh, that'll get people to log on for, to order Apple for sure. Yeah, I, like I want show. to watch that show, especially considering the business we're in. Of course, we are, we're curious about shows that are about the media, but just the star power alone yeah. might make it worth it. And I also want to. There's shows on Amazon that I want to watch. I never did watch Jack Ryan, so there are too many streaming shows. I'm getting. I, I think I'm getting the Amazon when the Lord of the Rings comes out. Oh yes, we'll have to do that for sure. And up next. I want to take my face (laughs) off. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and Paramount is bringing back the movie Face Off. I don't care if I live. You're not having any fun, are you, Sean? Try terrorism for hire. We'll blow some stuff up. It's more fun. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. The Hollywood Reporter says the high-concept action film is getting a reboot from 22 Jump Street writer Oren Uziel. Now, I don't think it'll be a comedy like 22 Jump Street. Plus, that guy also wrote The Cloverfield Paradox, Brett. Sorry to tell you. Yuck! John Travolta and Nick Cage, of course, starred in the 1997 action thriller from John Woo. It's centered on two archenemies who exchanged each other's identities and faces, quite literally... We cut it off, face off with a scalpel and put it on the other guy, and they assume their identities. No word yet on when this new version will come or who the actors will be who switch faces. Now, back in 97, I think we both really liked that the original movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved Face Off. I watched it in a theater. I bought it on VHS. I bought it on DVD. I think I... Did I ever get it on Blu-ray? I'm not sure that I ever wow. picked it up on Blu-ray, but when, I loved that movie. When's the last time you saw it? Well, and that's why I say loved, <laughs> because I don't know what I would think of it now. I haven't seen it probably in a decade, and all that cheesy 90s filming style for action, which I really dug yep. back in the 90s, might not care for it so much, because I pointed out that I recently watched True Romance, which was in, what, it was 94? Something like that. And... All of the 90s hallmarks were there, and it just felt so dated. So weird, eh? Yeah, it's weird how that all of a sudden, it's just like, just one day, it just, you wake up one day, and it's turned the corner, and it's like, oh, that's really old now. That's bizarre. Um, I did watch part of this movie in July. 
par- part. I was visiting. I was on vacation. I was visiting friends, and it came on. It was like, you want to watch Face Off? Like, yeah. And we got about half an hour into it. My buddy's like, oh, look, dude, we got to change the channel. I can't watch this anymore. And it was the action was like you said, but also these guys are. It's great a ham scenery chewing performances from John Travolta and Nick Cage. Now those guys are masters at hamming it up like that, which is why it was so fun. Yeah, and it's still I think I would have kept watching it because I was enjoying watching the hammy actors. So um, it begs a question now: Who should star in the reboot? Because at the time, these two guys, Travolta and Cage. That was about as big name as you could get for action movies in 1997. Yeah, absolutely. They were huge at the time, and they they both like honestly the the and both of them gave two of my favorite performances of theirs. I, I can't tell whose performance I liked more because Travolta when, when I think when they switched roles, that's when it really like they both really sh- uh, shined because Travolta was got to play unhinged Cage. Yeah, yeah that's right. He, he played <laughs> Nicolas Cage and he had so much swagger and confidence. I like John Travolta. I know he's kind of a kook, but I think he was great and Nicolas Cage I thought was was wild in that movie too. And it just they were in that jail with the metal boots, the magnet <laughs> boots. And then he swam from the jail to shore like I don't know yeah, 20 it, miles or jail something. Jail was like an oil rig out in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, and he still survived. <laughs> So, but I, I don't well, know. Do you have any thoughts on who should play? I made a list just for fun because you got now you got to think of you got to think of pairings and you can't just pick any two guys, right? What about uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's Actually, a, I it's an X Men thing. I think I really like that. So you could make so Hugh Jackman could be the John Travolta. Yeah, because he so Hugh Jack. Oh, I was thinking the other oh, way around. Other way well, because well, Ryan Reynolds could start as the the good guy. Okay, and then he flips and plays the the bad guy posing as a good guy. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be more fun. But I think Hugh Jackman would be more sinister, playing yeah. the bad guy. Okay, that's a great idea. I like well, that. Uh, any two of the Chris's from the MCU? <laughs> I was actually thinking maybe Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, that oh, that would be an interesting pairing too if you got Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans. That's good. Yeah, because Evans is more of the he's more of like well he's Captain America he's that poster boy whereas Hemsworth he's you, you know when he's not being guy. the mighty yeah. Thor he he too has a lot of charisma and swagger so yeah okay Ben Affleck Matt Damon Ben Affleck and <laughs> Matt Damon Matt Damon or Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon because they basically did this sort of in The Departed, right? Yeah. Okay. That would be cool. They would never do it, but that would be cool. I also said uh, Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, just because I saw them in the Tarantino movie three times in the last six weeks. And you wanted to get another plug in for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Absolutely. Well done. Well, speaking of plugs, I like to get into movie series I like. How about this? The Rock and Vin Diesel. I was waiting for it. (laughs) I was waiting for it. The Rock and Vin Diesel. Um. I don't think either one of those guys voluntarily plays a bad guy, though. They are sucks like that. They've got that thing in there where they're not allowed to lose fights in those movies and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Both of them? All the people in that series. Yeah. Okay. They, they got ego problems, and I just don't think that they would let this movie happen. Okay. Okay, here's something uh, different. What about Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts? Oh, making it women. Okay. Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts. Yeah. Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill, that's the comedy. That If the 22 Jump Street guy's writing it, they should make it Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. Uh, Keanu and Jason Statham. That's in, how'd you 
end up pairing the two of them? I don't know. I had, I had Keanu. I was like, well, who would go with him? And Aging and action stars? I was like, well, who else is going to stay them? Yeah, so. Okay. Well, what about this? This is a random pairing. I just I looked up like character actors, and I happened upon Michael Shannon, who, <laughs> who I think would be tremendous. He is yeah. a chameleon, and he, he would be great in either of those roles, particularly the bad guy. Yep. But uh, there's just this random thing here. Uh, John C. Riley replacing Michael Shannon in HBO's Lakers drama. What about John C. Riley and Michael Shannon? That's really good. I really like that one. Or John C. Riley and Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> That's a good one too. What about uh, Keanu and Charlize? Now that John was Wick and the Atomic Blonde. They're both beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> In different ways. <laughs> yeah. That would be a little too ridiculous. I mean, the whole premise it would be good was on so the, stupid. The fighting, them them fighting each other would be awesome. Oh. But yeah, but the premise. But I mean, come on. If we're going this far with that stupid of a premise, why not keep going? Yeah. Yeah. I like how easy they did it too, right? They, they, well, just take your face off. Um, it doesn't matter that, that you're not the same height. And John Travolta's got probably an extra 20 pounds on you. So like, how did they, I can't I remember how they did that, but he had a belly. They, they weren't even... Even the, they, yeah, they just did uh, surgery, like gastrointestinal surgery on him or something. Did they? I think I don't think they had the same blood type even. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, that would be a problem. You that think? would be a huge <laughs> problem. <laughs> Obviously, the movie premise was ridiculous. It wasn't the premise that made it fun. It was Actually, it was the premise that made it fun because it was so bananas. And these actors just got to go buck wild. Goofing off on camera with John, classic John Woo slow mo and yeah, doves yeah. flying doves across. Yeah, so many doves and uh, and all these little standoffs where they pop up and each have their guns right in each other's faces, kind of thing. Yeah, that happens like five times in that movie. There's that one scene where Nicolas Cage as Caster Troy gets out of the car and he's wearing this really long jacket and it's windy. So as soon as he gets out of the jacket, the tailcoat kind of flies up yeah. like this little cape. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do need to go back and watch that and see if I still think that stuff is cool because it was cool at the time. It was insane, but very cool. So they're just they're they're just planning it right now. We have nothing. No. Yeah, all we know is that they want to do it, and they've hired a writer, and they've got some producers working on it. There's been no casting news whatsoever, but they've got it. It's got to be something iconic, or else you can't have two new, no names. Otherwise, what's the point? Why would anyone go watch this? Right? The yeah. fun is watching the one guy pretend to be the other guy. Maybe they should do, like, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> that would be awesome. What about the two Toms, Cruz and Hanks? Oh, I kind of like that yeah. idea. They're about the same age, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if Tom Hanks interested in doing an action movie at this point. I can't really imagine he oh. would be. Why, how old is Tom What about the, the kid that paid, played uh, Ron Weasley in Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, Harry Potter and... Uh, the brooding guy, Pattinson, that's going to be Batman. That'd be cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or two former James Bonds. Now we're just going down the rabbit hole. Here. Yeah, Tom just... Hanks is uh, 63, by the way. Oh, he's way older than And he's... Tom Cruise is 57. 57. So they're not that far apart. Yeah. And Colin Hanks, his son, is 41. So there you go. That's his son, right? Yep. Okay. Up next... The Peanut Butter Falcon. And I'll tell you what the peanut butter solution is. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and I'm going to review a movie now called The Peanut Butter Falcon. I'm looking for a missing person. Have you seen him? Oh, man! What do you do? He ran away. Little man and a lamb. Hell yeah. Two bandits on the run. Oh, yeah! Hell yeah! 
Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. Hey, what's rule number one? Party. No, not party. Out of nowhere, I don't want to go home. Oh! Yeah! The Peanut Butter Falcon, rated PG-13. Written and directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz. First time features from those guys. It is an indie movie getting a slow, staggered rollout. It may or may not be playing right now wherever you are in this country. It stars Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, and Zach Gottsagen in the lead roles. And John Ho- John Hawks, Bruce Dern, Thomas Hayden Church, and John Bernthal in supporting roles. And... Mick Foley in a glorified cameo, Mr. Brett. Yes! I only mention it because I was impressed with myself for recognizing him, as he looks uh, quite a bit different and older from the last time I saw him. His missing teeth gave him away. <laughs> and then yeah. I confirmed afterwards, I was like, yeah, that was him. I That's from it. a chair, taking a chair. Are you serious? Probably. Zoinks. Shia LaBeouf has two movies out this fall, The Peanut Butter Falcon and one called Honey Boy. Put them together. Get a peanut butter and honey sandwich, which was pretty much all I ate for the first 13 years of my life. It's the best sandwich ever. I it just blows my mind that it, those are the two movie titles he has out this fall. Honey Boy's making waves at festivals and getting some awards buzz. LaBeouf also wrote that one. Peanut Butter Falcon, meantime, won the Audience Award at South by Southwest. Don't know if it'll get any big award nominations, but who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it got overlooked. Uh, So what's it about? It's basically a road movie, a Huck Finn kind of story. There's this young man, Zach. He is a Down Syndrome person. He lives in an old folks home because he has no family and there's no other care home in his in his area of North Carolina. So the state puts him in the senior care home. Obviously, he's not impressed. His roommate is Bruce Dern, and they mostly get along, except that Zach makes Bruce watch these wrestling videos all the time. Well, it's the same wrestling video over and over. A video featuring a wrestler called the Saltwater Redneck. who offers wrestling lessons at his wrestling school in South Carolina. Zach decides that's what he wants to do. Uh, Bruce helps him escape in the middle of the night, and Zach is out on the lam. He's dressed only in his underwear because they separated the bars that they put on their window, and uh, Bruce Stern tells him, gives him some hand soap, and it's like, Rub this all over you so you can slide through the bars easier. So he's <laughs> naked running down the street all soaked up. It's funny. Uh, he hides out in this boat, a boat that happens to be owned by Shia LaBeouf, who would be best described as sort of the, the town loser. He makes his living stealing crabs from other crab fishermen like John Hawks. LaBeouf one day makes a very bad decision and finds himself on the run from Hawks. He flees on his boat, and that's when he realizes he has this stowaway. Now, Shia is headed for Florida, and then he sees that the wrestling school is on the way so he agrees to help Zach get there. Meantime, Dakota Johnson, who works at the care home, is on their trail, desperately trying to find Zach because he's run off. Yada, yada, yada. They have adventures. There's bonding. There's comedy. There's drama. And the whole thing is a joy to watch. It's very heartfelt and affecting. I I really enjoyed it. It's also nice to see representation like Zach on screen and treated honestly. He's a terrific actor in this, as is Shia LaBeouf. And I, I thought he was canceled, as the kids like to say, for what, being too weird or whatever. I remember we used to make fun of him. I can't really remember why. I don't really want to go back and find out, but there was a period there where Shia LaBeouf was the butt of all the jokes, right? Yeah, well, because he kind of, he seemed to sort of snap. Yeah. He was doing these weird public art installations, right. wearing a mask on his head or something, or a paper bag. I don't know. Yeah, he was a weird... He is very good in this. We learn about his past through flashbacks as the movie goes on. We come to understand why he's at such a low station in life. Even though he seems to have a pretty grounded outlook on the world, there's some minor violence and bad language. Uh, nothing too harsh in this movie. I thought going in it was an R, but as we heard there in the clip, it's PG-13. Like I said, it's very sweet, earnest, and heartwarming. And when that's all done right, that can make for sort of the best kind of movie. They 
those movies do get sloughed off as being lighter fare and therefore not as good or as important as more dramatic movies, but that's not really fair. That said, if you do want to wait until it's on home video, this isn't the sort of film that demands to be seen on a big screen. There's no big action sequences or anything like that. I do, of course, maintain that every movie is better on the big screen. So if you do want to go out for an evening and you want to feel good, check out The Peanut Butter Falcon. Four couch cushions out of five. P.S. The trailer gives a reason for the title, Brett. You can watch that if you want. I didn't watch the trailer beforehand, and I very much enjoyed the moment where we learned why the movie is called The Peanut Butter Falcon, so I'm going to leave it at that. Well, good, yeah, yeah. because I, I already I only need to see the second half of the movie because uh, you, you, you told us how he escaped the asylum or oh, whatever. That's in the first five minutes. First five minutes? Yeah, okay. it's not a spoiler. It happens right away. So. Okay. Um, the Peanut Butter Solution, I mentioned that. So I remember watching this thing when I was in school, like when I was a kid in the 80s. So it's a Canadian movie, I believe. I can't confirm this but yet, but I believe it's a French movie called Operation Beurre de Peanut. <laughs> And <laughs> that does sound French. It has a Rotten Tomatoes page, and it reads, Convinced that a recently burned down structure harbors ghosts, young Matthew McKay and Psylocke Saisanasee, I don't know how to say this name, decide to investigate the ruins. In the true urban legend fashion, what McKay sees inside the structure causes him to go bald on the spot. His distress is mollified when a pair of friendly ghosts whip up a peanut butter solution that will ostensibly restore his hair. So her suit does McKay become that he is kidnapped by a paintbrush manufacturer. <laughs> I don't remember any of That's the supernatural components of bizarre. this film, but I do remember the the peanut butter solution and I remember the paintbrush. Yeah, like he was just lying on this table and his hair was essentially coming out of him like a conveyor belt. It just wouldn't stop growing. So this team of people were just harvesting his hair because I guess <laughs> Cause human hair makes for a better paintbrush. I don't remember why we watched this, probably because it was French, because I went to French immersion. But yeah, that whenever, so when I heard the peanut butter falcon, I thought, immediately thought of <laughs> the peanut butter solution. We have 60 seconds left. All right. Next week, we will begin to preview all the fall TV stuff coming your way. There's a lot of it. I'm kind of interested in this prodigal son that movie or that show with Michael Sheen as the dad, the, oh, yeah. like a notorious serial killer dad, and his son. Is who played Jesus in The Walking Dead is uh, looks like he's a cop. So his dad wants to, I guess, taught him all the things he needs to know about serial killers. Except his dad was a was a killer, and his son <laughs> catches killers. I think there's a sitcom called The Unicorn that I was interested in. I don't recall any of the other details about it, but we'll find out. The Unicorn. I think Walton Goggins is in it. Okay, yeah. that's right. I saw a commercial for that, and I predicted. To myself, canceled by Christmas. Really? I'm always reluctant to make that prediction. Oh. We bring it up all the time. Big Bang Theory. We got that <laughs> one wrong. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Follow us on Twitter at Couch Potato 68. Get our podcast if you haven't subscribed already. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.